We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to be seeing something horrific happening immunologically to a population down the road. The There's another element to safety, and that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Yet another focused show on our seventh, eighth day straight. That's what happens when you censor me. You know, you just kick me into gear. We're going to be focusing on the pandemic of the injected today from the, the, the UK report that came out today from week one to week four. And you're not going to be surprised about what it shows you and what it continues to reveal. We're going to go specific on that today. And only a few other points to start and and going along with the UK data. This will be even shorter than yesterday, I imagine. So let's get into it. But I want to start off, actually, one thing I wanted to say very quickly was I, I've been meaning to shout this out in general. And I do it on a shorter show is better anyway, so it doesn't go longer. But somebody sent me something really nice that I really wanted to share that is tied in my music, I guess, but also just what we're doing in general. And somebody sent me this really cool little wooden box that says T-Lav on it with a guitar. And of course, they didn't tell me who they were. It was anonymous. But you open the box up and you can see there's little picks, little wooden picks. And one says integrity, one says badass, one says truth. I just thought that was pretty pretty damn cool. And also, by the way, somebody at the same time frame happened to send me one of their own personal picks, which I thought was pretty cool. But I wanted to shout that out because it happens to be here and it, it's important to me. And I wanted to make on that note, make sure everybody knows that every, every one of these, I've gotten so many amazing things over the years. Somebody sent me a handcrafted knife that they made themselves a long time ago. It's sitting on my shelf at home right now. Not everything it's sent to me gets a shout out on the show for a thousand different reasons. I would love to every single one of them, but you know how this goes day to day as I drop my notebook day-to-day show-to-show information what you know everything that happens every day these things just fall through the cracks but i want to make sure everybody out there knows how much these things mean to me from this to all the other things that didn't get shout outs from those in the chat the mods themselves to anybody else that does that even just from the notes that get sent every single one of them gets read we discuss it it means everything to us and i just hope you guys know that so i just thought that was really cool and, and i hope you know how much i appreciate all of you out there and all the support you're giving us as we get kicked away by twitter and youtube and everybody else 
And it just hopefully begins to show us all that we are on the right side of history here, not just because of the COVID discussion or regardless of that, because we're being objective, because we're asking ourselves the right questions and we're fighting for the right things. And that's what it really matters. Doesn't mean we're always right, does it? That definitely applies to the mainstream media. But let's get into the main point. So let's start off today with, first of all, what I said, some opening points that I wanted to get into, just actually just one, really, in regard to the you know, hey, look over there. Don't pay attention to our destroyer, our dumpster fire of a narrative right now that's completely melting down in front of everybody as they try to quickly remove people that might be able to say, we told you so from day one. As I said, quick, look over there. <laughs> ISIS leader killed in U.S. raid in Syria, in case you missed that. As I said, the suddenly the 100% defeated ISIS, because remember, that's what Trump said 45 times in his administration. ISIS is back in the narrative just in time. Remember, that's my point there is that's pretty starkly obvious how they just kind of vanished throughout all of this. It's like, we didn't, I mean, there wasn't reports even coming from like, it was anywhere. Nobody was talking about the, in regard to ISIS specifically and their ongoing actions. And that's not to say that there weren't groups doing things. It's just interesting how the narrative shifts now that it's advantageous. The, the way to look at this is whether or not it's real, not, to, you know, whether or not this is an, a coordinated effort or orchestrated effort. It doesn't mean that it's not happening, that they're not manipulating it, that it's not actually hurting people. But right here, we see that it comes right back into time perfectly just to save them from people, her hoping anyway, from what's happening with COVID-19. My point is that it could still be ongoing. They're just not pointing to it, which either means that they don't care about it. It's not as important as they pretend it is, or they're making it happen to distract you. That's how I look at that. There's a lot of different possibilities. But overall, as I said, it seems the floundering Biden administration is pulling once again from the same old tire playbook. What is this, play number three, 3.5? I'm not sure. And it says, and did they kill Baghdadi again for the 20th time? <laughs> cool story, bro, right? I mean, think about how real ridiculous it was, how many times they claimed to have killed Baghdadi. And the, apparently the last time stuck, who knows? But this is a different person, apparently. But we're not going to go into it deep today. I might actually dive into this a little bit deeper later, but I think Robert's working on something for this. But it's just frustrating, the timing of it all. And why in the world we would just take them at face value? Oh, guess what? This operation we told nobody about just suddenly was done and we did it. And, and what's funny is if you dive into the story, there's so many weird things about this. For instance, the fact that they apparently flew around with a helicopter for like 45 minutes saying, women and children, get out of the area. Everybody leave. Right. And he's just going to sit there and wait and hope it all goes. And, and of course, then the guy explodes himself. Now, I'm not saying I know that all this is fake, but... It just seems like it perfectly lines up with exactly what you would have expected. No evidence, no body, and everything. And by the way, women and children got killed anyway. Now, this does not necessarily prove that it was not real or that it wasn't coordinated or that it was coordinated. But overall, we have to see how clearly this is want. They want us to not pay attention to what's going on here. And I want to point out funny the New York Post article is chief chief ISIS thug blows up himself. <laughs> well done guys you're just knocking it out of the park how about blows himself up that's a little bit better wouldn't you think family as u.s closes in blows himself up i just think that's just exactly what we would expect and oh and don't forget the white helmets were on the scene right away because with the moment the white helmets are involved then we know it's completely absolutely orchestrated <laughs> i mean i just so it's if we don't know by now what this organization actually is the most obvious point be of which that Vanessa Bealey, really the only person, in my opinion, you should really be paying attention to in regard, I shouldn't say only, Eva Bartlett's out there, but I mean like in regard to the people that are currently kind of on this podium around this discussion, people like Vanessa Bealey and Eva Bartlett and many others have been on this long before much of their work is in fact being used in that regard, like I just discussed, but 
the White Helmets, remember, are a group, or rather the Civil Defense Group Fund, or uh, 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 forget the actual exact name, in Syria, which is what the White Helmets are, the name, were just hijacked by this group and taken and going forward. There is an actual White Civil uh, Defense Group that was there before them. They literally just took their name and became them. It's ridiculous. And of course, ask yourself why their ba- why their helmets and their vests and everything else always have English writing on them because it's displayed for you guys. Either way, I just want us to see how clearly I feel this is not what it looks like. But also, I wasn't going to go into it deep today. But we also apparently sent warships to the to the UAE because of the Yemen situation, right? So how dare Yemen fight back as we try to starve them to death? Let's do more because <laughs> that's what's happening. On top of the fact that it looks like Israel's about to sell the Iron Dome to the UAE in this for the exact same situation. The starving Yemeni people are giving you guys that much trouble, huh? It's so ridiculous that what they're doing there is one of the most egregious war crimes in in living memory. And same with what's happening in Palestine. And the world is just ignoring it more than ever because of what's happening around COVID. But the war front seems to be kicking off all over the place. I'll probably have Robert on hopefully soon. We can talk about that more in depth. But on that note, let's jump into one last point that I just want to go ha 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 that meta seems to have completely bottomed out is doesn't be going doesn't seem to be going back up but it's interesting it doesn't mean it's not going to go back up but just as we saw yesterday uh let's go back like a month here you can see that it was up you know reasonably high and then it just tanked all of a sudden and my point is today it just has been burned just bottomed out it'll it'll probably go back up but interesting to see right meta you would i would have not expected this because this seems to be like a focal point of where they're driving everybody and the mainstream tends to drive more or less the, the the markets like this so hopefully we're having more effect on this stuff maybe it's just a fluke who knows but let's get into the point so to start off today in regard to the pandemic of the injected and this is the only thing we're really going to focus on today i wanted just like we did with sweden or excuse me, with Scotland, which is why we did that yesterday. And I would have done them together, in fact, if I had both of them at the same time, but one was yesterday and then this one came out today. I want to make sure we confirm because this is the way they're playing. It was one of the thousand ways they're playing the game and how they're manipulating the data, confusing you on what you think makes more sense. You know, what, what means fully vaccinated? What means up to date, right? In the UK and Scotland, for that matter, right now, they still consider two shots to be fully vaccinated. Now, they're all, there's all sorts of ambiguous language out there saying we're about to do it and it's going to happen and up to date, the third one's going to be included. But right now, for the sake of the conversation, in the UK, two shots means fully vaccinated in their definition. That's important to understand here because what we're going to compare is what they're telling people all is what all they need to be able to go in this restaurant and do whatever they need to do and not be treated like the dirty unvaccinated, even though they're the ones spreading it more than anybody, the injected. So that's important. If that's the barrier for their safety, why would we be pointing at the third one as if that's the marker of safety we should be comparing? Because that doesn't make sense. And as, as well, I'll get into why I think that third one would what right now looks different, even though it won't shortly based on a lot of information that we will get into, which is, as you guys have seen a lot of this report, as well as many others discussing where the three month, why the three month barrier is so important to them, because it explodes after that and your risk increases. In fact, you have a 76% increased chance of getting COVID Omicron specifically if you took the Pfizer after 90 days. It's a 39% increase if you took Moderna, which is what they tell you, Omicron, 90%. Remember, I'm operating within their narrative. These are all the things they're telling us. And we'll still show you that this is not making sense. But here's the point that says UK to adopt fully vaccinated definition to account for boosters. Right? That's that's this is as of November 15, 2021. Right? So this is all this has been discussed for a long time, but it has not changed. And I'll show you in the documentation. Prime uh, Minister Boris Johnson on Monday said the definition, remember this is back then, 
of fully vaccinated would have to be adjusted. Same thing we keep seeing here. And all they've done in the United States has sort of been like, well, we're just going to call you fully vaccinated, but call you up to date and act like that's not the stupidest thing in history. They're, they're, they want to make sure that there's no clear cut thing because they want to still pretend that those people that got two are good to go, even though all the data shows you they're seemingly the most at risk right now, other than the first 21 days once you get your first shot, which we'll go over that again as well, too. But they haven't actually done it yet, not officially, not saying this is now fully vaccinated. And as it says, although he did not give a time frame for when that move would happen, fully vaccinated currently means you have to receive two shots. That's where it was then. Here we are. Now this is as up. And this is the point on these document. These documents. These are up to date. Now it says here that it's as the last time they updated it was January twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Okay, that's, that was a week ago, less than a week ago. Here's what it says: To qualify under the fully vaccinated rules to travel in England, you must have proof of vaccination with a full course of a of an approved vaccine. So that doesn't seem to be very clear. Full course could mean that, and I, and I argue the reason they're keeping it like that or put, changing it to that is so they can continue to update it, and that will end up being the same all the time. But it, down here, it's very clear. If you were vaccinated with a two-dose vaccine, which is, again, it's funny that they're pretending the booster is fully, but here they're still calling them two-dose vaccines. That makes a lot of sense, right? If you were fu- vaccinated with a two-dose vaccine in the United Kingdom or a combination of them, which is ridiculously unscientific and very dangerous, but nobody wants to talk about that because as we've shown you many times, they don't have evidence for why these things are safe mixed together. Interaction with other vaccines. That applies to the flu vaccine or any other mRNA vaccine. They've never tested them alongside each other. They're different. And plenty of experts spoke up and said, how are they even rationalizing this? It's because... Well, go, it's so dangerous. We know there's possible risk, but, 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 but that's how that goes. That's the emergency use authorization argument that gets applied everywhere today, it seems, even though we're not in an emergency. Oh, wrong post right here. But it goes forward to say, if you have two doses, you must have had both doses to be considered fully vaccinated. Pretty simple, right? Plain, Plain as day. This applies in all cases, even if you've recently recovered from COVID-19 and have natural immunity. So first of all, that's really ridiculous to me that they're acknowledging natural immunity by the way that has been established by every outlet you could possibly point to right now in the scientific journal field, WHO, NIH, Science, Science Mag, Lancet, Journal of Infection Medicine. I mean, every single one of them, I've showed them all on the show unequivocally, broad, durable, robust, lasting immunity, likely the rest of your life, memory B, T-cell, we've gone over all of it. Kill, uh, yeah, and, and the, the point is that the injections are floundering to get you a small amount of, of antibody production for something that's not even in existence right now, and then tapering off immediately, and after three months, increasing your risk. Woo, that sounds like a sure thing, right? But just keep getting them, and you've got a very mild, failing response that doesn't apply to today over and over until what? Like, this is crazy. And it's very clear that this is what I just said is easily verifiable by their own documentation. So they're telling you, we don't care if you got that thing that we know is better. You still have to get two shots. That's just unbelievable to me, but that's what everyone's backing up and just talking about how, yeah, you can all mix two different vaccines. And I just went over that. It's just ridiculous, unscientific, but that's not what's guiding their principle or the policies. But there's another one as well from the NHS saying something similar. You're fully vaccinated. This means 14 days have passed since your final dose of an approved COVID injection. Right, just to add to that 14-day period part of it, that's important. 
That applies in the whole way. They're, the way they're manipulating all of this from one dose in 14 days, it's 21 days now in Scotland. I'll show you why they did that to two doses in 14 days and then a booster in 14 days. Unless you're in the United States, now it's a booster and no waiting period at all because science, right? Try to find a reason why that makes sense and then you won't because it's ridiculous. And there, I, But I'll tell you, there is a reason, in my opinion, it's because of the way they're playing with the data. I promise it's going to flesh out, but here... You should be asking if it's 14 days after each one of these, why wouldn't that be applied to the booster? And why wouldn't the U.S. government do that? Why would they say not to do it, but everybody else is? <laughs> Trust the science, guys. Bottom line, for fully vaccinated in the U.K. is still two doses. That's what you're, uh, you need to understand for what we're going to get into next. Doesn't, matter, doesn't mean it's going to, might not change tomorrow, which, by the way, should show you how arbitrary it is. that They can just change it tomorrow, and that changes everything, right? But let's get into the breakdown of the report. For those that haven't seen us do this before, this is the UK Health Security Agency COVID-19 Vaccine Surveillance Report, Week 5, posted February 3rd, today. Now, we've been going over these every single report for, I don't know, you guys tell me, three months, more? And every single time before Omicron, it has been showing, first of all, and this was the first thing that popped in, this is what the title's pointing out, in fact, simply the majority. For day one, when we first started doing this, I should say, it blew me away that you would look at this and go, whoa, okay, so 70% of the cases are in the, in the fully injected. And this is back when the percentage was even lower of the total percentage injected. Or then look at the hospitalizations and going, wait a minute, how in the world are the majority of the problem? And of course, they came out with their narrative and they said, well, let's be that makes sense, guys. You know, don't listen to your logic. Just trust what we give you and how we frame it. The idea is that if you have enough in the population that are injected, therefore you will have enough. Okay. But you see, when they sold that to people, they made it out. They made it out to be some, right? Well, of course, you're going to have a portion of it because there is 70% of the population injected. They never meant that to imply the majority because that doesn't make sense. It just doesn't because that is not, if that is not working, regardless of how many people in the population are injected. But what I keep showing you too is now we're going to do a point to where there is, let's say, 75% of the population injected, and yet they're representing 80, 90% of the total. That doesn't add up even with their narrative. But then we jump over into the risk per 100,000. The point is in Scotland right now, that's showing you in every single category that they have higher risk in general, the injected, and then the majority is on the side of the injected in every category. I went over that in the last show. If you want to check it out, I'll actually grab it real quick so you guys can I'll include it in the show notes for those that don't know where to look. But I don't understand. Ooh, I got to type it in first, don't I? I don't understand why people are dismissing this. It's very clear. Well, I mean, actually, I do understand why they're dismissing it, because if you look, what they posted on this is basically, don't listen to yourself. Don't look, at, don't trust what we've even said about this 70 seconds ago, whatever that number came from. Listen to what we tell you now. And as it says, don't use this, which is what it's for, as a means of vaccine efficacy or to, to, to check you know, risk because of unaccounted biases and risk factors. Well, yeah, that's actually a fair argument, except it doesn't apply when we talk about the risk of COVID-19. As I keep telling you, and I told you yesterday, if that's the argument that makes sense, and it does, then the risk of everybody should not be averaged out when including 70 and 80-year-olds with multiple comorbidities, because that's where all the risk is. For people under 40, if not 50 at this point, based on everything I'm looking at, you're at lower risk than the flu, hands down. 
And I would argue that when you really break this down, you know, with however long it takes, if ever, to actually see through the, the lies they're putting forward, when you remove the PCR false positives and the combination of flu and pneumonia in the number and the overall misrepresentation of every possible thing they can, it's probably a hell of a lot lower than that. The point is here we are staring at the reality of them refusing to make this logic on both sides, just like a cycle threshold being lower for those getting sick after the injection instead of before, or in contrast to before, 40, 40 to 45 before it, after the injection, 28. For those that understand it, it simply boils down to a guaranteed way to have more show up on the COVID side before it and less show up after the injection. It's, it's engineered. In this case, we know that the risk is different. So why would they apply that risk for everybody and scare you all into thinking you're all going to die and then give you the injection? And then when the risk pans out, they go, no, no, no. Now you have to break it down by age because it's only. It, it, and by the way, when you do that, it's still very clear. But this is just a way to basically say, don't trust what you're looking at. Just let us tell you what you're looking at. And that's crazy because the reality is, and I'll get into it in a second. It's plainly obvious what's happening. Here is the show from yesterday from Scotland, and you can check it out. Now, I lost where I was with what I was saying there, but let's get back into the data on the cases. I, I was going, I, I was kind of dancing over all the other points we're going to get into, but the idea of the way they're playing this and how they're manipulating the information and how it's very clearly a pandemic of the injected for simple, simple reasons. I think I left off on the majority. The point was the risk per 100,000. And on the UK data, they are absolutely playing their games here. Now, before we get into how that's happening, and you all know this because I saw this yesterday, and I'll be trying to be reasonably, reasonably brief with the breakdown of the first 14 to 21 days, you know, that idea and how they're playing with that, as well as everything else. But before we do that, to understand how they're playing with it, let's just look at the basic data. That's what's right in front of you. You know, in, in, you're disregarding for a minute, whatever they, they, how they want you to look at it, right? So just by a quick glance at this, these are cases by vaccination status from week one to week four. First of all, it's very clear, as I've always said, if you just take a look at the not vaccinated category, you will see that almost every single category is higher, even in the boosted. I mean, in, um, it, it, especially in the boosted. I'll make that point in a second. Right now, they're telling you that the boosted is supposed to be the way to go. You get that and you're good, right? The other ones aren't working with the booster and then it all comes back together. Except that's obviously not true. For, for, for two months now, at the very least, we've been looking at this and you can see quite plainly that the numbers on this category alone, are, are much higher. And this is just cases so far. Now, that doesn't make sense to their argument, does it? If, let's say, I think it's only 50% or so of the total that's boosted, why would you have such an overwhelming misrepresentation of the total? I mean, just look at the breakdown between, let's just pick one right here. So this is 40 to 49. Not vaccinated, you have 37,000 cases. In the boosted category, and that's after 14 days, so as part of that gets bumped back down to two doses, 239,096. That's crazy to me. I mean, that is obviously way more than 50%, isn't it? So that doesn't make sense. But then you break it down in general, and let's look at the total information here. Now, as always, you see, I've been doing this for, unfortunately, I actually lost one of these pages somehow. And so the last one I did was, oh, that I have a record for is 114.21, week 50 to week, week 50 to week one. That's the trait, the crossover, but that's actually an important one because that's like the Omicron, you know, 2021 to 2022 crossover, but still has comparisons to the last report. But here we are on two, three, 21, week one to week four. Total COVID cases in that time frame have been 2,872,080. Of course, this is including the 
I mean, who knows what that number actually is with the false positives and the fact that they're using different cycle thresholds and they're using still a cycle threshold over 40, which I continue to prove that is a guaranteed way. Dr. Scoglio, PhD, says up to 95% could be false positive, that number. In, in fact, as we continue to tell you, the inventor of this before he was, you know, on his untimely death was saying the exact same thing. This does not make sense for how they're using it. It's guaranteed to make false positives. They've even admitted a reasonably high level of false positives. Of course, then we use the lower cycle threshold that guarantees you don't see them after the injection, which is a plan. Also comparing to the last report, you can see that the cases have gone down. So it just shows you that overall, that this was always going to be... The, even as the problems increase, which is what's happening in the percentages of the vax, the overall problem goes down because Omicron seems to be less dangerous. Even their narrative says that. Where were we right here? But here we go. In the cases alone, unvaccinated, uninjected account for only 8%. 8%. Now, right now, let's just show this first. Right now in the in the UK, they 72% of the population is fully injected. 72 as I, as I keep saying, even if it was seven, like, even if their argument would be that that means that 72% should be represented in the injected, that still doesn't make sense to me. But that, look at how much over the top that is. 92%. Now, I want to I add a little caveat here to this, this number. On a UK, which contrasts the Scotland in this regard, they have an unlinked category which is not that much, really, when you break it down. This is the highest in regard to cases. It accounts for 70%, or excuse me, 7% unaccounted for. The rest of them are only 1.6. Like, it's not that much. But in cases, it's 7%. Now, I want to point out that multiple doctors, including somebody that we just discussed on the show, I played the clip for you, came out and said of the, of the, category, of the people they were looking at that were considered unlinked or unknown in one of the cases, 16 out of 17 ended up being fully injected. And his point was that in everyone he looked at, the vast majority of that unknown category were fully injected. So this is probably one of the ways this is being manipulated to some degree. One of the many, such as dumping people down in the first 14 days into uninjected or playing with that unknown number. There's a lot of different ways they could play this, using different dates, combining different age groups. We've showed you all how this is all happening. None of it, if unless it's all consistent across the board, that doesn't make any sense. But they keep doing it. My point is that the unlinked is 7%. So minus the unlinked, it's still 85% of the total. 85. But based on everything we know, it's most likely nine over 90, if not 92% of the total of cases right now in the UK are fully injected. Only eight are people without any injections. There's no way that makes sense with their narrative, especially when you realize that their whole push in the beginning was about transmission, and now they've clumsily shifted over into saying, we never said that. It's only about severity. And even that is clearly failing. So let's go over to hospitalizations. COVID-19 hospitalizations, emergency care. And this is within 28 days of a positive specimen, which just simply shows you how ridiculous that is, first of all, because of how obviously there are false positives. And so people are getting tested. A lot of them being already in the hospital with a broken leg or in the nursing home already dying or whatever else we've seen. And that's, that's all that means. They're very open about that. And that's an easy way that could be manipulated too. But so it says in regard to not vaccinated, let's just take again, just middle, you know, what middle ground is where I keep focusing on because it shifts, it heavily slants towards the boosted in the over 80 group. We're taking 50 to 59, let's say you can see not injected, 461 emergency room visits versus 602 in just the boosted category. 
But two doses is obviously larger in every single category going down, every single one of them, which is fully vaccinated, right? So fully vaccinated right now is at much greater risk than the not injected in, for being hospitalized. That's very clear. And to show, and the point over here was the same point we made in the beginning, that that's a vast proportion of the numbers in cases, but under hospitalizations, only 29% of the uninjected are the ones being hospitalized. 70% of all the hospitalizations right now in the UK in this month period were in the fully injected. Only 1% unlinked. And here's the interesting part. The booster, which is supposed to be the one that's saving everybody, that accounted for 40%. The people in the boosted category accounted for 40% of all the hospitalizations in this month period. That's crazy. There's no way that lines up with what they're saying this is supposed to do. And this, we're not even getting into the risk per 100,000. This is just talking about the majority. And the reality is that that does not make sense in any way. They just continue to stretch this in some, in some abstract way to say, well, don't, you're looking at it wrong because you don't understand. Well, on top of that, that's when you add, well, Scotland is showing you the exact same picture and it's clear that we understand and nobody's arguing that or Ontario or Alberta or New South Wales or Iceland or Northern Ireland or all these places we keep pointing out that are showing you the opposite of what they're telling you is happening. The fully injected, again, is two doses. And you could see beyond a doubt, if you just add that up, that they are exponentially more the problem. Finally, deaths. This is from 28 days, or excuse me, this is within 28 days and within 60. And so the first one is 28, this one is 60. So we're starting with 28. There were 5,554 deaths within 28 days of a positive test. Unvaxxed accounted for 18%. Now we're on deaths. Now I remember a time when they, when, when Biden says you're, you, you get injected, you're not going to go to the hospital, you're not going to die. Fauci says they work great with variants, right? All these things they cited before and said, and you know, and clearly aren't true, and they just pretend like, well, like for someone for him saying they work very well with variants, and now we can look back and see they never did, and that was always the point because they literally were made to work only with the, produce them for the one spike protein, which is clearly not doesn't make sense. You can't look back and say, oh, well, the narrative things changed because it was the point then. It was not working then. They lied then. It's the same point now. He also ignored natural immunity and how that continues to be showing to have a f efficacy in regard to variants of concern. With Delta, with Omicron, it's still being shown with the science, but they're ignoring it. The people yelling trust the science are literally ignoring the most cutting-edge peer-reviewed science that we show every day on this show. 18% of the deaths in the uninjected. No, and, then, and don't forget the 14-day period that gets kicked back into that, and that's only 18%. Now, for those of you who remember that point, you'll get that, but we'll get into that 14-day period after this to make this very clear. But the whole 14 to 21-day period that doesn't get counted, that you're only injected after 14 days, that's getting dumped back into the category before it. And that's verified by Alberta, by plenty of other places. And you find that the vast... But, 50 to 60% of these are happening within the first 20 days. That's total. So if you realize that only 18% of the deaths are in the uninjected, and that's including the fact that they're dumping this stuff back in, that's incredible to me. But the injected in this period accounted for 81.4% of the deaths. 81.4%. Boosted by itself, the area that's supposed to be saving everybody, jumping into the next third and fourth going forward, that's 47% of the total. 
The people in the boosted category in the UK in this last month, last month accounted for 47% of the deaths. And I trust me, I know their argument. I know the argument about, well, that's because they're the majority. We have to remember how that very clearly contradicts what they said in the beginning. You're not going to die. You're not going to go to the hospital. But of course, we're going to see most of the cases. Then it became, you're not going to die. But of course, we're going to see hospitalization and cases. Then it became, well, of course, we're going to see deaths and hospitalization and cases. Okay, how did that happen? Like, it's so clearly this is not how this is supposed to work. Then you can go further down to 60 days. Oh, and also just pointing out that I always do in regard to the over 80, the one they're supposed to be at the most risk. It seems so heavily slanted towards the people that are supposed to be most protected from the booster. But the last one, again, very clearly, 6,483. Now, what's interesting is this goes further. So it's now it's 60 days of a within 60 days of a positive positive test. And what's interesting to me is that it really changes almost. I mean, it stays pretty much exactly the same. Boosted in this category counts for 46% of the total deaths, 18% unvaxxed, 81.3% of the injected are 81% of the deaths are in the fully injected category. I mean, it, there's no, that's just why the title was very clear. The, the majority of every category is happening in the fully injected. Now let's address the next part of the argument, right? The argument of how that makes sense when 72% of the population is, is fully injected, yet 92% of the people are getting cases. They are, that totally makes sense, apparently, in their narrative. But here's why it doesn't when you actually break down the risk and why I would argue that what we're seeing here in the, in the risk breakdown is manipulated by using three dose and comparing to no dose. That's the first way by making sure that all of the first parts of it happen within the first 14 to 21 days of any category get kicked down to the one beneath it. There's no science to back up why that makes sense. And then very clearly just to simply recognize that still, and remember they used to try to, they were graying these numbers out over here, acting like they were on a, well, not anymore. Now it looks even worse. Take a look at this. This is comparing with the booster, mind you. And this is what I was just showing you up, up there, but look at the numbers themselves. This is just cases in the same time frame. This is risk per 100,000, guys. Look at the breakdown. Let's just pick a category, 40 to 49. They're, they have a 5,019 per 100,000 risk of getting COVID-19. The uninjected with none has a 2,278 per 100,000 risk. That's more than double the risk. More than double. How about over here? Go to the next category, 50 to 59. They have a three times the risk. 3,430 per 100,000 versus 1,661. I mean, it's a little less than three times, but the point is the same. Every, every category other than under 18, which is you know at one in a million risk of dying, according to Oxford Calculator, every other one you can see is at least double. I guess, except the very last one. Either way, more. Your risk, very clearly, is increased with three doses if you're look, talking about simple transmission. Why would that make sense to anybody? This is what it looks like to see a pandemic of the injected, the ones that are spreading it more than anybody. And everywhere you look now that's showing you this data is showing you the same thing. They are the vehicles for this right now. That's why it's obviously creating variants, as you can see the correlation where the variants exploded the moment the injection met with a coronavirus discussion. Now, this point of it is really important. Now, we actually kind of stumbled across this in the show. What I, what I hadn't actually done before the show was line up what 21 days 
would look like with the percentage. And it's unreal. And now the point here is that Alberta got caught posting this. This is the Wayback Machine here. This is the Alberta government. And they posted this data. You can see down here. Here's the graph right here. Not realizing what it was showing because then they immediately removed it and didn't replace it with something. They just quietly deleted it. They didn't notate it. But when you look at the data, you'll see why. You can see very clearly what this is showing you. This is showing you, and this is all the way up to 360 days. It's showing an entire year that in that year time frame, the majority, I mean, not the, I mean, un, the vast majority of all, in this case, cases happened within, this looks like 40, per, 40 days, but here's 21 days is right here. Look at how much of that is happening in the first 21 days over the year, mind you, what this is showing you in cases, at the very least, and it's the same on every one of them. Here's hospitalizations and dear deaths is even deaths goes up to what, 18 days. And that's the vast majority. What it's showing you is that the majority of hospitalizations, deaths, and cases all take place within the first 14 to 21 days of the first shot. That's the first shot we're looking at right here. So what we're talking about is how that gets counted, as you can see still on the Alberta website, which is here's the, here's the live page, as unvaccinated. Cases, they, this is the percentage has changed by now. I haven't updated the page, but this is what it says on their page right now. Cases were, un, this many were unvaccinated or diagnosed within two weeks of the first dose. So that means if they diagnose it and it's, it's before two weeks, that becomes unvaccinated. Now, why does that make sense if you can easily show that that is where the majority of the problem is happening? Well, it's because it's an easy way to kick down the majority of the problem to the unvaccinated category. Then consider that even then, even though that's happening, we're still seeing the kind of numbers that we are in the unvaccinated, which is like 18%, 18%. That's it, that, there's no way to misunderstand that. Now, on top of that, we also prove that in other locations as well. Here is Scotland telling you the same thing. Dose one, and except here's where it gets even more interesting, more than 21 days after the first dose. And it, tell, it tells you right down here, that means that, that those people, that you don't have dose one until you're more than 21 days after. It says it right there, and it says the same thing about dose two, more than 14 days after dose two, and same thing with booster dose. See, 14 days, except the U.S. government doesn't do that now. No science behind that. It also goes on to point out that they don't know the entire population of the unvaccinated category which means they're guessing at it, which means that's an easy way to over to, to increase the way it looks. Because if you lessen that number, it'll make it the problem look worse, won't it? Sure, that's just my, that's well, that's a, a factual statement. Whether or not they're doing that is up to you to decide. Can they? Could they? Yes. And we see them doing it elsewhere, so why wouldn't they? But it says up here the same point. Anyway, it's very clear. You can look at this everywhere you want. And in, 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 uh, Northern Ireland was another place that made this very clear. They posted it right on their website. 14 days after is the only time you become vaccinated. Before that, it jumps back to the other category. And this was Joel Smalley was the first place I saw this. And they break this down in the graphs that show you the data. And I think this is just undeniable. In, this is one of the most important parts of this, in my opinion. So for, he was showing you 14 days because that's where everybody's pointing at. But now that we have Scotland saying 21 days for the first dose, which is the most important part of this, let's look at where 21 days would put us. Well, now Scotland is talking about 60%. 60% of the hospitalizations 
60 happening within the first 21 days that they're bumping into unvaccinated, as well as 70% of the deaths. Hope you guys can see, follow my mouse and see the correlation here. There's 21 days. 55 is 14 days. By 21 days, and go back to the graph so you guys can see it. By 21 days, that accounts for almost the entirety of the deaths. This is a game that's being played. And this is just one of the many ways that, we, that you're watching this get manipulated. And that's, again, why I argue when you look at the UK data specifically and their breakdown of the risk, that this, all of the risk on uh, from this side over and their comparison is completely manipulated. If you compare dose two, which they still call fully vaccinated, ask yourself that, by the way, why would they compare the third dose to no dose if they're still calling fully injected two? Because two doses right now, and we, this already came out in a different article that covered this, it's exploding just like it is in Scotland. The two dose area is out of control and it's, and the risk is even higher and that well, they don't want you to see that. So they point to the booster dose and act like the risk is lower, but that's not an honest way to compare this information. On top of the fact that we'll get into the next part, it's the booster has not fleshed out yet. We are still watching this increase and there's a time frame up until three months where something's going on. You're going to see a three month period where that's when this all, that, that's why we're seeing this before with the two dose period. Because these people are after three months, most, almost all of them, and they're starting to have all the problems, which is what their data backs up. Now, here you could just, I'm not going to go into this again today, but the Scotland data, and you can watch the show from yesterday, makes all the same point. This is just cases we're looking at. And, and the point is, even in the booster side of this, here's the booster. Look at the breakdown. Not only is the majority, the majority of the numbers happening in almost every single week, but it's also the risk per 100,000. I mean, just take the first week, for example, 9,052 cases in unvaccinated versus 35,000 in the boosted category. And the risk, 1,360 per 100,000 in the boosted, only 924 per 100,000 in the unvaccinated. That's the boosted. Comparing it to the fully injected, which we should be, that's 2,417 per 100,000 compared to 900. There's no misunderstanding this. That's why they just go, oh, but, but down here and apply the opposite of the logic they're making you apply in regard to COVID before you get the injection. This is, it makes my brain hurt to see how obvious this is manipulation. And they're telling you we're doing the same thing with the 14 dose manipulation. And it still looks the way it does. And here's an interesting part about this, right? So we've been showing you this for months now before even Omicron. And COVID travel tests are now axed in specifically England and Scotland for the fully vaccinated. What do you know about that? As I said, so cases and transmission explode in the fully vaccinated, quote, quote, specifically UK and Scotland data. And their risk per 100,000 of getting COVID is doubled in most age groups. And their solution? Stop testing those people. <laughs> Problem solved. Do you, I mean, do you know, this is ridiculous to me. Your, their data, as I just showed you, is making it undeniably clear that they are the most common spreaders right now, this month, last month, the month before, even just, just talking about cases of anybody else reporting to. Two and three right now, doses. And their solution is to just not test them anymore. What is that going to do? Well, it's going to make that category look a hell of a lot better, won't it? This is just blatant misrepresentation. Now, this point, again, is the, is the real idea about why I think the third boost dose, the third dose category is forced in to compare here. 
and why I think when you break it down, even in these categories, you see a difference. Or even, even let's just go back to Scotland, for example, going to hospitalizations. It does appear, and this is what they keep pointing to, even though they still call two doses fully vaccinated, so it's dishonest to do so, they keep pointing to three doses as the comparison and saying, but look, your risk is so much lower. 11.83 compared to 46 out of 100,000, right? But that's not honest. Two doses would be honest because they're still calling it fully injected and because we've seen all of this flesh out over time. Right now, they're changing up all of this. They have a lower percentage. There's low, not as many people. The, the, in most cases, it's a di- the age groups are very specific versus broader. Like there's a, It's exactly why they're telling you not to apply it this way, and they're, but they're then applying it that way in regard to it's, it's manipulation. Once we get past three months for the majority of the people in that category, which is not, there's still there's, they, people right now are getting their first one. It's happening in real time. We are going to see this explode. That's my, that's my hypothesis. That's my assumption. That is what I think is going to happen. But it's based on the facts. It's based on the real world data that we're getting from Pfizer and from the real world places like Bayer's and everywhere else. This study is important and they act like it doesn't make sense. And they don't have a viable argument for why it is. All they all they point to is the things they keep, you know, manip- uh, a, a anomaly because of age difference, all the different things they've said. Here's the main page in regard to vaccine efficacy. And it shows you that there's a 76% increased risk after ni- after 90 days. That's that three-month period. Now, don't forget on top of that, that the Pfizer information also came out and showed you that within first nine to 12 days, you have an increased risk of getting sick. That's their information. It was a 50% increased risk, in fact. But just because it drops down after that and gets into the territory we're talking about right here, which is what, 55% relative risk reduction, which is, in my opinion, meaningless, they argue it works. But so you have an increased risk in the first week. You have an overall dysregulation of your immune system for about 50% of people that take the injections. That was Swiss policy research. Then you have a 75% increased risk after 90 days. So you have a very small window there where you're not supposedly at risk from COVID, but you also have a doubling of cardiac event risk. All the other things we talked about, the gigantic pile of super rare possibilities that they pretend are all super rare, but there's like 95 of them. So it's a little bit more than rare, but then also that's not really rare at all when you actually look at the data. This point is that none of this makes sense when you really flesh it all out. And now they're trying to run away from this, I think. They're trying to get ahead of it. Just one thought, but it's very clear you're being lied to. Now, what they're doing, despite that, despite the uncertainty and rushing to try to dig their way out of a problem, AP reports a different COVID vaccine debate. Do we need new ones? Well, that's not really different at all. In fact, you're just towing the line, acting like it's a new conversation. This is what they've been saying and we've been pointing to and we've been called fake news for for months. They, I mean, for crying out loud, they're literally about to, they're almost done with the Omicron focused one for Pfizer. So it's not like they, they this, they, they're framing it like this for people that don't follow this stuff, who think that one shots, then it's the normal vaccine of their whole lives. And they just got to throw, they got to do the right thing. And it's all going to be over soon. If the unvaxxed do what they're supposed to, and that, that's all they know. None of that's even remotely true. They don't know that Pfizer, the moment Omicron was even uttered, had already begun the investigations into making the Omicron-focused injection, despite the fact that there's no reason that makes any sense. Even amongst their narrative, Delta was worse. So why wouldn't it have been Delta? Why make it for the one that's verifiably less? And now we're already talking about son of Omicron, new variants, new subvariants. By the time that comes out and gets tested, it's going to be just as meaningless. So why are they framing it like this? Because this is always, it's about an endless string of these discussions 
and risk gets bumped to the next category and we forget the one before it and stone to stone to stone and we don't ever look at what's happening in real time. That's what they want anyway. Here's what it says. COVID-19 vaccines are saving an untold number of lives. Yeah, untold is a good way to put that because sure as hell don't know. In fact, I'm pretty certain that it's doing much, much more damage than anything they claim is helping. But I can't know that for sure. There's plenty of experts that say that there is some benefit to some degree, but you know, I think that's pretty obviously not the case when you know people like Dr. Bhakti, Dr. Yeadon, and everybody else that is telling you and have been proven right over and over that there's much more danger in the long run here in regard to blood clots, vaccine-induced thrombosis, thrombocytopenia, and all the things they called and were called crazy and deleted for that have now fleshed out. Sort of like myocarditis, which was a complete fake news story until they were forced to admit it's super rare, even though it's obviously not. I even just watched an absurd video that, I mean, I swear it made me want, I, it made me want to punch this guy. And I rarely feel like that on this ridiculous CNN video where he's just being, I mean, it's a debunking of the collapsing athletes. And it was basically subjective narrative and smug dismissal. It was the stupidest video I've ever seen. And I can't wait to make an idiot out of him tomorrow, but it won't be on the show today. But it just shows you how willing they are to just dismiss things out of hand just because that's narrative. And how myocarditis is nonetheless admitted to which is a swelling of the heart. And if we know that, and we know the injection can cause that problem, and we literally have people having heart attacks on the field, and we go, that's so stupid, you're so stupid, I can't even wrap my mind how dumb you are, which is basically what he's doing. I mean, isn't that dishonest in and of itself? Like, you didn't actually investigate it, you're just dismissing the narrative by pointing to what they say and acting like that's research. We know it's possible, you admitted it's possible. For instance, we have a, a Division One golfer in college who gets myocarditis after the injection. The doctor tells him that is what happened. We did our due diligence. We can tell you definitively that vaccine caused the myocarditis. He posts that on TikTok and Instagram and they censor him and he's still censored. There's no, there's no misunderstanding how dishonest that is. That is them censoring a narrative they've already decided is told is fake, despite them admitting that it's even possible. It's ridiculous. But going forward, it says... But they can't stop the chaos when a hugely contagious new mutant bursts on the scene. Yeah, that's exactly the point. Even if that's not what's happening, the point is that these things are tailored against something that's no longer there. So why would I go get it? Why would anybody go get number one, which increases their risk immediately? And in the first 21 days is when you're most likely to be hospitalized and die. Why would I go get number two, which has a dramatically increased risk compared to anything else? That knowing it's not helping me or making anything I need just so I can then get three that still doesn't have it. So I can maybe then get the fourth new Omicron one. There's no scientific logic to that. But it says leading people to wonder, will we need boosters every few months? Like uh, what a, what a novel new thought we've never considered, right? They've been saying this forever. They've been floating this forever. Maybe a new vaccine recipe. You mean the one they're already making? Great job, AP. A new type of shot altogether. That's already happening. That's it. The best part is that's far from settled as they're literally making it in real time. And the U.S. has already approved it. I don't mean approved in the sense of approving a drug, like said, yes, do that. But it goes on to say, but with the shots still doing their main job, I'm not even joking. This is literally what they're actually arguing. As the cases explode and you can see that they're the majority of every problem, apparently they're still doing their main job, which is to do nothing, to uh, are they, they claim mildly reduced parts of your symptoms? Like there's, there's no way that even makes sense anymore. And by the way, if you remember from the, I, go back and watch our shows from the beginning in 2020 and watch when we discussed the Forbes article and how that was what they aimed at. 
even, I mean, even, uh, what was it? Uh, the BMJ, I think it, I think it might've been, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't Paul. I think it was, I forget which one the author was. It might've been the, 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 the senior editor, but anyway, the point was they did an article on that talking about this exact discussion and how they were not designed this way. Right, they were not designed or even aimed at to make it do. All they aimed at was reducing mild to moderate symptoms. Right, so think about how dumb it is when they come out and argue it's going to stop transmission, and then ultimately it falls back into exactly what they were aiming at. Does that sound like an accident, or that they just discovered it, or that they were lying and lying and lying and lying until they just go, "Oh yeah, this is all it does." Sort of how when they came out and they said masks don't work at all, there's no reason to wear it. And then they came back and go, yeah, now you have to. And then they come back and go, oh no, but now the ones we said you had to the whole time, don't do anything at all. Nothing changed other than narrative. The data was always there. And to those that are still fighting that battle, guess what? N95s and every other variant uh, variation of that masks have still been shown to not be statistically significant in reducing transmission of viral particles. It's basic. But it says, with them doing their main job, they're cautioning about setting the bar too high, right? Let's not, let's not start pretending like it's going to save your life or anything. <laughs> let's just make sure it just, I mean, it's just so they're ro- they're downplaying and backpedaling their own supposed miracle. How funny is that? It says it's unrealistic to believe that any kind of vaccination is going to protect you from infection. That's where they are now. Or they also add from mild symptomatic disease forever. So now they're, now they're, they're slow, but back rolling the mild part of it. No, not even that. You 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 only reduce your mild symptoms for a little bit, right? Look, if you can get natural immunity and and never get chickenpox again, just like the same part with the same argument we're making in regard to other injections that have shown to work the same way, where you get it, you get the injection. And I'm not even I I'm still I'm in regard to any of these things right now because of where they come from. I am inherently skeptical. But understand the argument being that in the past, whether natural immunity or otherwise, it is something that's meant to be. At very least, not something that immediately goes away and stops working after months. And even then, arguably, removes or or lessens your symptoms whatsoever. But that's what they're actually arguing now. It's unrealistic for these things to do what we sold you on every single vaccine your entire life before this. That's why this seems like an endgame to me, because of statements like that, because they are willing to throw into the fire the entire standing of their previous narrative because COVID. That's, let's not pretend they weren't telling you that the flu shot would stop you getting from, from getting the flu or that the, of course, and the flu is the only difference there in regard to the yearly, because that's when they're starting, they were normalizing and stepping into the ones that wouldn't be like that. But before that, that's how they sold it to you. Let's not pretend any other way. They sold it to you as get this thing and then you'll have immunity. Apparently, that's never been the case. He tells you right there. There's no such thing. Never any kind that would ever do that. Whether or not that's true, it just shows you how much it's shifting. Then it says the immediate solution, getting today's shots in more arms. That's his solution right there. As he tells you this is not working, as we know this is making things that are not right for your body, as we open with Fauci telling you that's what you sh- that has happened before. Right? That's the opening clip we played. You'll never know until you reduce the population. Well, here we are. We're seeing it, and they're still dismissing it. And by the way, you do know that stuff before you do it in the population. It's called animal trials. And I'm in no way saying I support that concept. I'm simply saying that is in history where you find those things. And RFK Jr.'s told you that. Dell Big Trees told you that. In these animal trials, that is where they find these kind of problems. But they skipped it. 
and then came back and did a very short one after the fact, after it had already been put into the world. And that's the problem here. It's not about just get more shots at the same thing that isn't working. And that's, I, this person should lose their job if that's what they're going to put forward with everything that's on the table right now. His argument being, well, it'll reduce opportunities for the virus to mutate and spawn. No, it won't, because it's not stopping transmission. How ignorant do these people have to be? The point being is that they're spreading it more than anybody. It's not reducing anything. It's increasing their spreading of this of whatever's happening. And then on top of that, the argument of getting more shots in arms of the same thing that is not making any difference, this is the most important point. Important point. This is the new Moderna page. Here's the actual front of it. This is the Moderna breakdown of what the, this is the Moderna, the MR, uh, mRNA1273. It's right there. Oh, right there too. Okay, this is what they just approved. It is mainly based on the initial Wuhan isolate. How does that even remotely make sense? When everything they're telling you about why they need to make the new Omicron one or why the Atlantic article makes an entire argument about we, even they shouldn't get the booster because it makes no sense because it's based on the original isolate. And their argument from the AP is just get more shots of the same thing that's not helping that is in fact most likely causing antibody-dependent enhancement or every other problem we've related to. Regardless of whether you believe all those other things, you have to scientifically address the fact that that does not make any sense. They're admitting this thing's been mutated a thousand different ways. That doesn't make sense. And that is exactly why we're seeing this even the even before the 90 days, if they want to call that an anomaly, look at the breakdown of efficacy. And this is relative risk reduction. This is Pfizer. Relative is not absolute. It's a fraction of a percent compared to what absolute actually, or the other way around. It's absolute risk reduction. It ends up being a fraction of percent compared to what they do with relative because relative is comparing what your current situation is compared to what the vaccine creates and then making that an entire out of a thousand, out of a hundred, right? So all it means is if you 95% eff efficacious, that means it re it increased that situation by 95%. So it goes from point some point one to point one something. It's ridiculous, but absolute is your absolute risk reduction. So your real risk reduction in, in situations like this is like 0.2%. It's nothing. And I've proven you this. This was in British Medical Journal as well. So that point aside, even using relative risk reduction, on the first one to 30 days, it's already at 55% relative risk reduction. 55. Coming from when they told you it was 100% effective. Then you go down to 30 days, it's already at 16 60 days, 9.8. So at the very least, after three months, it doesn't work. That's, not, that's, of course, ignoring that it increases your risk as well as in the first nine to 12 days. But the other point, too, is that even Moderna, look at Moderna's numbers. In the first one, from one to 30 days, Moderna with Omicron is only 36%. And that's, again, relative. That puts it below the required efficacy to continue to be emergency authorized. Nobody cares about that though. We just pretend like it doesn't matter. We keep going forward. Oh, by the way, that's probably why they just approved this very quickly to stop that from being a problem. Nope. Doesn't matter anymore. We approved it already. Who cares? I'm not kidding. I, that's probably what I think. That's where I would guess why that happened so weirdly and out of the blue. But Go ahead. Yeah, AP says, take more of the thing that doesn't work. Take more of the thing that doesn't actually affect the problem that they claim is here. And they'll admit that when they're talking about the new injections. Or go ahead and take the thing that could cause antibody-dependent enhancement or increase your risk. On top of that, this is <clears throat> from Comirnaty. Pfizer, the one that they're not giving to anybody but claiming it's all approved. 
And I've always shown you this, but just to end with this today, recognizing this is still what they're giving people and telling you that you have to get it. Get three of them now. A shot that they tell you right now, as of November 2021, that's the most up to date in regard to, as you can see, BNT162B2, which is Pfizer and Biotech. They do not have the information for whether or not it's safe in frail patients with comorbidities, otherwise known as elderly people for the most part. Limited information on the safety. But we're giving it to them as a matter of fact, right? Use in patients with autoimmune or inflammatory disorders. Limited information on the safety. This is where it gets even worse. Interactions with other vaccines like the flu vaccine or anything else. Well, studies to determine if co-administration of these vaccines and other vaccines may affect their efficacy or safety of either vaccine have not been performed. But go ahead and mix and match. You know, who cares? Get your flu shot next to your COVID shot because we don't know if it's safe. That sounds like a good thing to say, right? Well, they would if they were being honest because it's right there in plain English. Long-term safety? The long-term safety of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine is unknown at present. Unknown at present. Because they're still being collected in you right now. This stuff has never been more clear, guys. The problem is that people just don't know it's there. Here's the front page for you to see the community risk management plan. Well, what's their solution? As we already been telling you with the Omicron focused one for Pfizer, make more of them. Right. The totally safe and effective thing. That's the only thing to take. that'll save your life. And it's all you ever need. We're making more of them because that makes sense, right? Let's make five, six, seven, eight of the same thing that we do. I mean, if it's safe and effective, why do we need so many more things? Why do we need a pill? Why do we need all the things that you're telling us will make up the problems that aren't supposed to be happening? Right. Where you tell us this is all you need, except this one will add mucosal immunity. But wait, you just said this was all I needed. Oops, right? It doesn't do that. It doesn't all. It doesn't create long-lasting immunity. It doesn't create T-cell or memory B. It's all showing you that. But they won't talk about it. And they'll call you fake news if you point it out. Fifth vaccine approved in UK. Virus rates fall in children for the first time since Christmas, right? They keep saying things like this, despite the fact that they've admitted to us that the numbers are completely manipulated. That first of all, we're what, talking four or 500 children of the entire process of this, they say were, they have died, and almost every single one of them have not even been investigated by the CDC. Now, and I'm talking about the United States. On top of that, we know that they've already been shown, and Newsweek even put an article about this, that over 50% or almost 50% of all the hospitalizations have been shown to not be COVID-19. They're in there with a broken leg, they get tested, they get COVID-19 hospitalization, and never get sick. Because they have basically zero risk. Gee, I wonder why they fell. Lack of testing, maybe? Point is, you can see down here, Moderna-based vaccine. This is a really interesting thing that you might not know about. An African biological company has developed a COVID-19 vaccine using the publicly available sequence of Moderna jab. Interesting. Moderna apparently did not share how they made the vaccine, despite the World Health Organization asking them to, but the program went ahead anyway, taking advantage of the information already publicly available. That is incredible to me. So we're talking about an injection that's, in my opinion, and very clearly showing by the data, hurting people made exactly the way they say it's supposed to be made. Now we've got an African company who doesn't have all the information, who is gleaning what they can off what's publicly available and making the injection in Africa for people. mRNA, the whole thing. Yeah, that sounds like a plan, doesn't it? Smart. Let's guess at it. Let's just use what's publicly available and see if we can make it happen and put it in people's arms and make it forced and everything else because injection's good, right? These are approved by the UK. Unbelievable.
I mean, it's just, it, it couldn't be more ridiculous how obvious it is that we're being lied to, which is always really the point to make clear, right? We're being manipulated. To what degree? That's for you to come to your own conclusions about. But the data's there. As always, the source material will be there for you to research. Very clear. But it inspires me every day that you guys are here fighting back and continuing to stand up because you are the majority. And they see that too. And they're reeling right now to try to do everything, every trick out of the, ba- out of the bag or out of the hat or what's the tricks out of the hat, I guess. Everything they can to continue to try to get you to fall back into that two-party paradigm. The Trump 24th, 2024 thing is, is my biggest concern right now because I see people that are aware of all of this already falling back into the 2024 situation. There's probably one person listening who thinks I'm talking about him and I'm not. I'm more so talking about people that I'm watching online and, and you could see the shift happening. Now, what's funny is there's been people out there like the X-22 reports of the world that have never missed a beat on the QAnon Trump. He was always going to win. He's still your president. Like that's still happening, by the way. Just I, now I shouldn't say I know that by every I just happen to see some of the headlines from there. My point is that that kind of rep- reporting is out there and still being pushed to this day. And they're just kind of coming back around with right now. Bannon out there saying, you know, that, oh, well, he only pushed the injection because the the lockdowns were the real problem, kind of subtly suggesting that Trump's vaccine was always good. The Democrats made it bad. And I can see that happening where he steps back in and suddenly now Trump has control of it. So he's going to make, even though nothing changes, sort of how the Democrats were going, we're not going to trust that. And we'll never take it because it's Trump's thing in the moment they get into power. They go, well, now we have it. So it's good. And it's power. It's the same thing. They didn't change anything. They didn't make anything different. They didn't alter anything. It's the same thing that Trump made. And they just pretend it's good because they're in power now. That has to show you something. It's all narrative, guys. Two-party illusion. It's time to see past that. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Freedom is the possession of those who will fight for it. It's love of a fair, the choice is mine. The courage to defend it is all that's required. David was this Lugaliath in the end. Them struggling with Ina Every time never read I'm a gleaner Propaganda I push by the media Right now critical thinking Gone through the window We ain't all accept on the people Them just not realize When I wake up now Better use them Don't want the future ha. Babylon them want see we die They don't want see we live up and try Them a push a medical apartheid Them a try for divide us But we can't make them win this a fight yeah. Almighty Jaffi we guide us Freedom is the possession of those who will fight for it It's love of a fair, the choice is mine The courage to defend it
put on the brainwash education and rise up. I turn the people wake up, yeah. Rise up, my people. Freedom is the possession of those that will fight for it. It's love over fear, the choice is mine. The courage to defend it is all that's required. Good over evil like that we are free now Love will always conquer the evil Better put on the fear of no people Unity are the strength we need now We have to rise up, we have to wise up For the youth them we have to go rise up Can't make them divide us, loving is a must We can't depend on politicians, become governors They got no love for us, constantly betraying us We got to rise up now and say say that is up to us Freedom is the possession of those who will fight for it It's love of a fear, the choice is mine The courage to defend it It's all that's required David versus Lugaliath in the Is Lugaliah